I need to, right? So I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to be right back. I'm going to let you lead the way, and I'll hear everything that you say. So in terms of uh, University of Texas, choosing, choosing the Longhorns, I mean, there's really no other choice uh, out there than, than being a Longhorn. Um, but what made you choose that, and uh, what's your experience been? Yeah, uh, well, thanks for having me on. I'm ready and really excited for the rest of the show. Uh, it's been a, a lot of fun. Uh, definitely had a lot of opportunities, uh, still have a lot of opportunities uh, coming forward uh, that I don't imagine I would have had under any other circumstances or any other university. Um, and UT Austin is a great school, um, right with great education and great uh, you know, student organization, student life, all that stuff that you can, can really hope for in a university. It's, there's uh, troves of it, so really, really grateful. You know Perfect. it, baby. You Very know tiny. it. <laughs> you know it. I wear this hat uh, probably in 10 to 15% of my podcasts. Hides my hair when I don't have my Matthew McConaughey look going on. Um, so, but you have both today, so it's all good. We got, that's right. We got to get him on the show in the, in the future. Right on, right on, right on. Um, all right. So, Michael, I got to ask, man, you, you're doing so much. Um, president, student media, Vice president, you founded a company as well. You got you got so many different opportunities. How did you? Where does that drive for priorities come from? How did you discover that so young? Um, I will certainly say it's a necessity. Um, and when you have sort of a, a necessity and having to manage your time, uh, you tend to get most out of that time. At least that's been my experience. So you really are forced to prioritize. Um, for better or for worse, you definitely have to, you know, kick some stuff uh, down a little bit uh, when you when certain things come up, expectedly and unexpectedly. Um, but I think just naturally good time management, uh, developing that skill, it's still something that I'm developing and will develop until I'm uh, <laughs> way older, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, right. So, but. Uh, I think uh, my parents have excellent time management skills too. Um, really set a good example for me and uh, just been really fortunate and blessed to have certain opportunities and certain things, one of which is going to UT. So that kind of stuff. Uh, it's always good to have kind of a, a time fire under you. And I always kind of have one under me. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. Um, you know, and for those of you who, who don't have parents, that secret power of parents that exists there, you can find and adopt parents, by the way. You can find and adopt role models. Um, and I, I was fortunate. My mom's like extremely good with time management. Um, my dad, who wasn't around as often, but when I was living with him, uh, very, very little time management skills. Um, <laughs> I could have chosen either path, right? And, and I, I chose to uh, gravitate more towards my mom's path, even though I would say my personality aligns much more with, with who my father is. Um, so we've, we've usually got those, those choices in life. And if I could say anything to the, to those who are out there, uh, living the dream and young, uh, it's that life's going to get busier and busier. So the sooner you develop those priorities and, and focus on the things that you, you want later, the more likely you are to achieve uh, greatness and en enjoy the whole journey along the way. So thanks for that insight. We'll cut to the break and we'll be right back everybody. All right, welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We will be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there.
Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome in Division Pros Live. I'm your show host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business. I am so excited to have Michael Lazenby on the show. Uh, I can't wait to bring him on stage. Uh, I've, been, I've been waiting for this moment for a few days, actually, really thinking about this episode because to me, he is represents the future of visionaries. Um, we, we named this, uh, this episode Empowering Dreams, Entrepreneurship as the Great Equalizer with Michael Lazenby. He, he really influenced that. He sees entrepreneurship as a great equalizer. Uh, I haven't talked to him too much about what that means to me yet. In fact, we haven't talked about that at all yet together. But I saw the same thing when I was much younger and realized, whoa, uh, what this country was founded on and built on was entrepreneurship and freelance work. Um, and corporate America has been a little bit of a distraction from that reality, in my opinion. We might come back to that later in the show. But before I bring Michael on, a couple of quick shout outs to different resources that are available for people in terms of sponsorships. In this case, both of the sponsors for our show today are clients of ours. One of them is the Wellness Shop 365. And the Wellness Shop is built by Sean Lechuga, Sean and Juliana Lechuga. They're a power couple great family. Uh, they have excellent values. I've really enjoyed working with them. They're in the middle of re of overhauling their branding. And when I, when I saw this, Cynthia, si puedes bajar un poco hasta el, el la rueda. Um, I got my assistant Cynthia behind the scenes helping out. This is what caught my eye, the 365 Harmony of Life wheel assessment and how they're not only looking at life from a nutrition standpoint in terms of diet and exercise, but I saw that they were really tracking like what's joy and spirituality, creativity, finances, career. I was like, whoa, there is extreme balance in this. So while there's still an opportunity to optimize and refine the wheel itself and how it's delivered, the principles are what I pay attention to when I'm looking for clients, prospects, and when I'm looking for solutions for my own life. And so this, this really caught my attention. And then as I started to work with them, I just loved the, the balance and holistic nature of who they are and, and what they're up to, the vision sound. Then on the other side, we've got Melissa Gray from The Law Spot. She was also a guest. I highly recommend checking her episode out. Uh, she's an attorney and she's building a platform for entrepreneurs to get uh, strong legal counsel and a base for their foundation that doesn't have to be complicated. And once again, I saw this entrepreneur who not only has the ability to be the, the attorney we think of on TV, but also one who nurtures, one who understands that there's concepts related to legal and law that people are kind of scared of and they, they, you don't know where to go. And uh, there's also these really high retainer fees on one side. On the other side, you got these programs like the Law Depot. Nothing wrong with them. Good program. But it's a bit too watered down to be able to you know, go to that go to that resource and have the right representation for yourself. So she's looking to bridge the gap for the middle ground so that small and medium businesses have legal counsel they can go to and trust. And I can tell you after working with hundreds and hundreds, very possibly thousands and thousands of, of the entrepreneurs I've worked with, I would, I would venture to guess that maybe two to 5%, if I were to ask them, who's your legal counsel, if you get into a situation, they wouldn't know. Uh, they'd probably go to Google and find something. And out of the two to 5% that have it, they're probably overpaying considerably for somebody who's also so busy, they're probably not going to give them great attention. So that's the type of gap that, that Melissa is looking to bridge. And I find that super honorable. Last, and of course not least, are the causes. And in this case, we like to talk about the water project. The water project is something that I try to remember daily and think about often because most of us listening in, we have access to clean drinking water every single day. I don't have to think about it. I go right to my kitchen. There's millions of people who do not. 
and the children or the parents are pulled out of school or out of work for their communities to go get water. And they usually have to travel three to five miles in order to get it and it's a bucket, whatever they have and are able to carry themselves. And they don't even know if that water is safe. And so the water project has created transparency around which communities they're able to support and help, what exactly they're building. And the cool thing is even if you only give a dollar to that cause, you then get to see how the project transforms and what happens. They, they use social proof to show you, okay, here's what's happening. Here's what we're teaching these people about maintaining it. Um, it's a very empowering process. And you also saw on the screen, if you're watching, these kids celebrating water like it's Christmas day. I mean, the amount of gratitude they have for the basic needs of life absolutely humbles me. And so even if you're not in a position financially to share that, I would ask that you just share the experience, share the site with somebody. You never know. You might be the person who touches somebody who spends a million dollars on helping that project. You, you might have a friend that shares $5. All contributions always help. We have 8 billion people in this world to be able to help. So if there's some other project that you know of that inspires you more and you're like, man, I wish this guy would talk about this project. Also drop that link in the comments. We're all about giving back. We'll definitely check it out. And if it's something that we we also feel we should uh, put on the show as well and say, hey, check this project out, we might just do that and you might be the catalyst for a lot of good. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to dive into Michael Lazenby's background a little bit. Um, and so we're going to go. Uh, he, one thing that caught me, he's got that Mark Cuban uh, path as well. He's already started macrohint.com. He's a founder of uh, this this program to help people with the stock market analysis and understanding finances as an econ major. Um, and then he's also the president of the TexasStudentMedia.com um, at the Moody College of Communication at the University of Texas at Austin. And in addition to that, he's the VP, one of the VP presidents of the University of Texas at Austin Student Foundations. So Michael, dude, thank you for being on the show today. We're so happy to have you. It's, an, it's a pleasure to be here, Jackson. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I have never hosted a future president of the United States before, so this is absolutely my honor. Well, let me know when you do. I'll that'll be amazing when you find them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man, you, you got so much going on. So what, what got you into, um, into being so involved in the student body and the media, the, the publications related to informing the school what's going on? Um, and the foundation? Um, I would certainly say that uh, a little background is needed. And with that, I'm an, actually a transfer student. So I transferred from a school really far away uh, in North Dakota, oddly enough. So Ooh. really, really cold to really, really hot. That's a state, uh, right? Uh, I'm, right? I'm just yeah, kidding. Exactly. That's so Texan exactly. of me. It's totally valid. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but um, I didn't know anybody in Austin, so I had to make friends somehow uh, through some student organization before classes started and do something just to kind of get my foot in the door in that respect. And then just happened to apply uh, as, a, as an opinion columnist. Uh, writing is okay at the time. I was, you know, kind of enjoying it, but my mother actually has, I think she passed down her writing gene to me. She's a writer by trade. Nice. Um, so I definitely inherited that and then just, thankfully, uh, got offered a position as an, uh, an opinion columnist at the Daily Texan. And then uh, over time, rose through the ranks, uh, had a lot of great opportunities uh, given by a lot of different people, a lot of great timing. Um, and now uh, currently serve as the, the president of Texas Student Media and also a board member as well. So it's it's been a lot of fun. So really enjoying it. That's amazing. That 
it makes me want to dive into the power lessons and I'm not, I'm not supposed to do that till later in the show. Cause I want to talk to you about diplomacy since you've, you've gained, you know, some idea of how diplomacy works at a young age. I had no diplomacy at your age. So that's why I want to pick your brain for the sake of my kids, but I'll, I'll withhold first things first. Um, you can take this from the macro hint level. You can actually feel free to define this for all three ventures or beyond, but typically what, what's your vision for those that you serve? Well, I'll start with the website. Uh, the website is really, really geared towards making finance, investing, the stock market, knowledge of the economy, things like that, far more accessible than it has ever been. Uh, that is a really, really big part of what we do and focus on. Um, it's really, really important that we distill, um, but don't really dilute information or dilute information. Um, a lot of different ways to do that. but. I personally just started writing, I just started a blog during COVID, um, really out of boredom and uh, needed to do something mm -hmm. and then just started gaining traction. I guess some people were enjoying what I was writing about, just different opinions on different stocks. And of course, based on the fundamentals, looking at cash flow statements, balance sheets, income statements, et cetera. And then it was really, uh, yeah, there's the name of the day. And then uh, was really, really happy to get some different partnerships, sponsorships, and actually start monetizing uh, the website um, through that after just gaining more and more traction. Um, so that's been a lot of fun uh, for sure. Awesome. And let's look at the um, the path for this. So the vision for those you serve, what's the, um, what's the other end to look like? If somebody follows what it is that you're putting down and they decide to make some adjustments in their life, what's the outcome look like? Well, ultimately, what we want to do is make it so that investing isn't so scary. I think the thing is investing itself, maybe having a brokerage account or being able to buy a cryptocurrency or a stock has become really democratized with all the different platforms. Think Robinhood, think all these other ones. Yeah. But I don't think that knowledge of investing and really easy to digest knowledge of investing has been easily accessible. So the industry has kind of been lagging behind in that respect. So that's the gap that we aim to fill. And in terms of what the end viewer gets and what they get, I mean, we've received, uh, my friends will tell me, you know, I'll get messages telling me, you know, this is great work, really appreciate it. Um, so that that is really awesome to me. Um, outside of the business context, like you kind of alluded to before, it's really about impact, uh, not just, you know, impact on all levels, I'll say. Um, so a lot of positive feedback for sure from all corners of the world. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. And then let's, uh, let's move into the vision for the entrepreneurs. You talked about entrepreneurship as the great equalizer and empowering people's dreams. Uh, what's your vision as far as that goes? I think today it's very, I mean, kind of speaking of democratized platforms, it is far easier and you can definitely speak to this to start a business than it ever has been with platforms like Etsy, Shopify, Fiverr, all these different platforms, uh, you can like freelance work, like you alluded to before, you can really, it's a lot easier to do that than it ever has been. And I think that I would love for more people to really gravitate towards that, um, you know, mm -hmm. use their own ideas, use their own skill sets, stuff like that, that maybe a lot of other people don't have and execute on those. Uh, even if it's, you know, considered if they fail or something like that, at least they tried. Um, you never know until you do try, obviously. So I think that is really important. Also, just in a risk-taking context, I think there's a really, really kind of messed up notion out there that 
if you want to be an entrepreneur, you have to be all in. You have to put yourself in some form of financial crisis. You have to, yeah, yeah and you, you certainly have to be committed for sure. I have learned that over the last three years of this website being up, you have to be very committed for sure. Um, however, I would say that it can still be very rewarding, very fun, and also just you can learn so much about yourself. So if all else fails in someone's venture, I would hope that they would take so much and understand that they can take so much from, you know, learning about themselves, their capabilities, strengths and weaknesses, and then just pick themselves back up. Absolutely. <clears throat> I will, if you don't mind, I will speak to some of those truths. Uh, you nailed it. And I might start in reverse order, which is, you know, if my venture failed within the next couple of weeks, couple of months, uh, there is no greater refiner's fire that I could have possibly been in for shaping, turning into who I want to be for the sake of my four children. Um, right. So that that's a big aspect for me is I get to not only be my best self, but even even being on this podcast and going live. Sometimes I interview people that are fairly difficult to interview um, and it puts me in a position to where I have to learn diplomacy skills on the fly, um, you know, and say, OK, how do I help honor my audience while <clears throat> not torching this person and honoring their vision? Um, right. And, and if I don't have the live component of that it can be a lot easier to just kind of like go at them, um, you know, rather than patiently see how can I, again, I'm, nobody's going to die. It's just, a, it's just an opinion. Um, let's figure this out together. So those there's dynamics and aspects like that with entrepreneurship every day that you have to go through to serve those that you're serving, whether it's team members, whether it's, uh, you know, you, you can't just, can't just escape the problems that come your way as an entrepreneur yeah. with a team, especially. Uh, in addition, you did say that it's it's easier to start on, you know, become an entrepreneur than it ever has been. Um, and that's a there's a twist to that, though. Um, it's also easier for me to start any single type of business that I could possibly want to start or be distracted by. Um, and that there's danger in that. Um, also, ironically, the success rate for entrepreneurship, uh, as far as as far as I've seen in the data, um, I could manipulate the data to, to make this an, a much easier, friendlier path if I wanted to convince more people to go into entrepreneurship. But the data shows 96% of business owners fail within 10 years. What often is looked at on that if you're an optimist um, is, oh man, it's 4% succeed. 4% of people survive. Um, and I see that over and over with the entrepreneurs I talk to, whether it's the amount of debt that they carry, um, you know, and whether it's the you know, the unscalable nature of their business um, and the, the hustle and grind that they face. And Gary Vaynerchuk has an absolute place in this world. In fact, I love his content. Um, however, his audience, his core audience is hustle and grind to get out of the ghetto. His core audience is get out of these circumstances where you, you don't have a, a circle of five or 10 around you to sustain you and support you. He's not talking to, you know, some rich kid who lives in the suburbs of, of San Antonio um, you know, and, and saying grind, hustle, you know, get out of your amazing, mediocre lifestyle. Like, you know, we, we love to we love to polarize opportunities. Um, and so there's this there's a hustle and grind factor that can be helpful. But you're right. You don't have to throw everything in the kitchen sink at entrepreneurship. You, you can be more balanced about how you approach it. And you can maintain an open open mind that even though you came from the suburbs, even though you came from an ICM, that's still maybe your call. What I've learned and what I appreciate, why I named this Vision Pros, is because I believe that everybody has a vision for themselves. And I believe that you are your visionary. 
And if there's people out there who can guide you, awesome. But if there's people who try to take the wheel from you and tell you, you should do this, you should be a dentist, Michael. I know you should be a dentist. Like, I don't have the authority to give you that. What I do have, though, so I'll make one, one plug before we move, is I've got an assessment that has helped people tremendously with reshaping the direction of where they want to go in life. And usually the sooner they take this, the better. Um, most people haven't aligned their entrepreneurial pursuit with their absolute passions. And so I created this assessment years ago for helping people discover the passion and live a life of purpose and fulfillment. And no, that is not the easy path, just to be clear. That is the path of, of what, I, what I would consider enjoyment. The journey will be difficult, but when I'm living for what it is I believe in most, I take that life over billions of success any day if I have to make a choice. I don't though. The law of abundance says I can pursue both. So thank you for letting me go off on that. Uh, any other thoughts before we move on to your vision? Like for yourself. Um, I would just generally say, I would definitely encourage people to, to think about just generally what they're naturally good at. Um, even if someone isn't even is working somewhere and really deep in their career or really just confused a college student like myself, not really knowing what they want to do really hone in on what you're naturally good at, like get away from the phone, get away from your friends, sit down in a room and just think really, really objectively. What am I really, really good at? Um, what is, what do I have an edge on somebody on? Uh, what am I, am I really good at painting? Is that just a gift mm -hmm. that I have? Is, am I really good at podcasting? Something like that. It's, I think that that is one of the huge like genesis of the website that I started like, it's very, very important to really start with that first because it is super unsustainable if you are just focused on other things, maybe money, lifestyle, all that kind of yes. stuff. Uh, that is very, very, very bad path to go down uh, in any sort of venture. So I I've definitely think about your core skills. <laughs> I've seen it. And I even, you know, it's it's weird to see entrepreneurs who are ultra successful, but you consult with them on the back end and, and you see them break down and cry. Um, you know, about the reality of what they're faced with um, or how stuck they feel in situations. $20 million in annual revenues and yet a million dollars in personal debt. Um, you know, there's there's realities that people can't see on the surface. And I wouldn't expose about any any specific person, but I see it time and time again. Um, and it's usually those who have followed the pursuit of uh, financial gain or an external metric rather than than the internal focus. So StrengthsFinder 2.0, by the way, one of the best books you could possibly read for those who are listening in and do the assessment. You have to buy it brand new to do the assessment. The assessment can teach you about your five strengths, what you are best at. And my number one strength, I thought was one of my greatest weaknesses because I wasn't a good student. Um, and my number one strength is a learner, but I was a 0.33 GPA kid um, at Brigham Young University. Um, and, uh, no, it was, I, I thought, man, I'm terrible at this student thing and, and, and learning mm -mm, just had a different style of learning. So Michael, what's your vision for you? What do you see for yourself over the next, who knows how long? Definitely, uh, having my own business, uh, maintaining that, um, we've been growing, uh, acquiring new advertising partners, uh, gen tapping into new streams of revenue, uh, things like that. Um, so really, really growing in that respect and also just leveraging, uh, as many resources as I can, uh, at a school like UT, I will concede, uh, that is a really big advantage. Um, having so many things, we have UT Launchpad, which is partnership with, or a partnership with Blackstone, 
uh, for ventures and we have venture labs and all that kind of stuff. So it's really great to have those resources. Um, but just making the most out of those resources is a main, it's a really, really big priority. And then outside of business, I will say, just, you know, tap kind of, I'd like to think of it as kind of being a sculpture in a sense, you kind of keep hewing down to how you can be the, the sharpest, the best that you can be. Um, and I think a lot of it, a lot of what translates to business success is really, really correlated to life success. And that's super subjective, obviously. Um, but it's all that to say, it's really hard to have some sort of uh, facade or something like that uh, in the business world. And then, you know, people see you one way in the business world and then they see you a completely different way or in a different light, you know, outside of class or in class or something completely different. So I think maintaining good habits, um, you know, keeping that at, a, at the forefront of whatever I'm doing, uh, business or school or uh, being a tour guide at the university, one of my other little side hustles. So um, stuff like that, definitely just hewing down on what I can add value to, how I can add value, and then also just really sharpening skills. You remind me of one of the best leaders that I ever met at university. Um, and his name is Jordan Angelos. Um, anybody feel free, you might want to look him up if you're on the business path, but Jordan and I, uh, we were dorm, dorm mates, not roommates, but dorm mates first year. And, uh, he was, he was what we call Mr. DT. Um, you know, he won the, the, the Mr. Good looking, et cetera, talented of Deseret Towers, our, our buildings that we live near campus. And, uh, then, you know, he, he was, he was fun. He was engaging. Everybody loved him. He led so many things, but I was so busy um, making the most of my social activities, uh, that I, I missed out on most of the important things I could have been doing fast forward several years. Right. And I was three years after we both got on missions. He went to Finland, learned Finnish. I went to Uruguay, learned Spanish, um, fast forward another couple of years. And, you know, I, I go back to see where are my dorm mates, you know, where's everybody at these days. And I see that Jordan, uh, by the time we were 23 or 24 was a venture capitalist. Um, and I was like, Holy crap. Like what the heck? Did, and I looked at his LinkedIn and I went through his profile and I was assessing like, Oh, while we were there that freshman year, I believe he started an internship at Goldman Sachs, if I remember correctly. Um, you know, and I'm like, how the heck did he have time to that and do that? You know, time to go to class. Um, you know, and, and then we go on our missions, he comes back and he gets involved in more and more again, Goldman Sachs, I think Charles Schwab, I don't remember exactly. You can get go look on LinkedIn and see this. And he got in, you know, he did, he did college, right? He was involved in these activities. And I was looking at it going, I didn't even know any of this stuff existed. Uh, I was like, I didn't, I didn't know how to do college right. I, I didn't pay attention enough in high school and in the college path to realize what I could have been using as opportunities. So again, anybody who's in that university, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. If you take my path, you can still find success. You can still do great things. You can still have a great life. However, if you have the opportunity to pay attention now, my invitation is is use that network, use that opportunity, just like Michael talked about, because you you can't you can't possibly see all the outcomes of the future. But if you follow that law of the harvest of planting the right seeds, the fruits will come, the opportunities will arise. So I am curious for you, though, you had a lot of best leadership experiences. What what's been your worst leadership experience that you've you've ever had? Candidly, I would say that my worst has also been my best, especially in hindsight. <laughs> uh, maybe not in the moment when it was happening, but certainly in hindsight. 
um, we had actually an issue with the website and this was, it was really overloaded. It was stressed. Um, there were a lot of backend things that I was not really aware of and I've never encountered, I had never encountered this issue before. Hmm. And it was, I mean, this was the most stressful part of the business uh, so far. And this was about maybe a year ago thereabouts. Hmm. And uh, I mean, the website was continuously crashing. Um, there were so many different issues with it and things like that. It was just really overloaded. So I, I guess the, the good about that is I had to adapt and I had to adapt quickly because I had no other choice. You had it. It goes back to necessity, which is a, a gift in more senses than none. Uh, you definitely have to adapt. And when you have to pivot, you have to pivot pretty hard usually. Um, so uh, talk about resources. I actually reached out. It's very strange, but one of my professors, former professors, has a son-in-law who was a chief technology architect at a major hedge fund uh, out east. And then he actually gave me his email and told me, hey, just reach out to him. See if it's if he can help you with the issue. Uh, and then I reached out to him and really, really grateful that he reached out to me expeditiously and helped me out um, and my team out. Um, and we fixed it almost expeditiously following that as well. So that was very stressful, um, a lot going on outside of being a student and around top of being a student and on top of all these other obligations. But it, it, it was really the, the, the good was definitely the to see that I could adapt that my team could adapt and pivot and it's it's uh it's so much better now we have fixed it uh 100 actually uh of course there's always going to be little snafus and hiccups but yeah. we're always ready to adapt now that's the that's the blessing and all that <laughs> absolutely have you ever eaten at uchi or uchiko i have not <laughs> it's time to go soon uh it, it is a pretty penny um and but they're they were rated in 2010 they're rated a top 10 restaurant in america um, right down the road from the University of Texas, and one of my startups, uh, we we do reservation software. So we're working with Uchi and Uchiko, and it was Valentine's Day com coming up. And you know, just like you, right? You had you not only had the stress of that, you had the stress of life. You had papers due, you had classes to attend. You know, you had your student body to to pay attention to. You got tours you want to do. You got a personal life that you want to live as well. All of these aspects, and so these moments of of slowdown or screeching halts, um, you know, it derails everything in addition to the pain that it is in and of itself, right? So here we were coming into Valentine's Day and my the founder of our company, who was our main chief technology officer, had accidentally made a mistake, not his fault. It just happens, life happens, right? But yeah. <clears throat> for Valentine's Day at one of the top restaurants in the entire world, we had accidentally doubled their reservation booking system. They had twice as many reservations as they could handle on oh Valentine's God. Day itself. And when we figured this out, it was 48 hours before Valentine's Day. <laughs> and we had, we, so we go and they're so upset, but they handled it so well. And we said, you know what, you know, we're, we're, we'll make all these calls for you on, and we'll tell them this was our fault, not yours. But I'm talking about calling people from Canada, calling people from Israel, calling people from Brazil who are saying, this is why we're coming to Austin, Texas. <laughs> Um, for our about and we had to call them up and own this matter um, and again derail our own agendas so this these these opportunities in life show up and yes I do call them opportunities um, you know do, do we rise the occasion do we exercise this strength 
you know, or do we, is it the time to quit and say, you know what, you handle this. I'll, I'm just going to leave. Um, right. We, we have choices and all these types of moments. Sounds like your, your team really rose to the occasion um, in relation yeah. to that. So what's another best leadership experience um, that you have? I think I'm still kind of living it. Uh, if that's, it sounds a little cheesy for sure, but I love it. Uh, I like definitely. Cheesy. Yeah. I mean, um, I think just, translating something that started out i had no intention of turning the website into a business at all starting out it was really just kind of a covid passion project like just i had really it was a weird time i didn't wasn't in school didn't have much to do so i had this kind of window of opportunity and i thought well my mom actually told me like you're gonna do this because i was watching way too much friends and way too much the office I had to like do something productive. So shout out to her. She really helped um, and continues to help. Um, and then she, yeah, right. And um, that was the main, like transitioning from just a blog to something that is scalable, proven already. And then also uh, quite you know, monetizable for lack of a better term. Uh, that has been like extremely rewarding, uh, really confidence building, uh, really, really proud of what's happened so far. And uh, I think it's just it, that's been I don't think that experience is going to end for a very, very long time. It's been I'm really happy. <laughs> yes. One of the best books I can ruin for people right now, um, telling you the end of the story. And this is a good one because it's a self-development book. And maybe someday it'll be important to all of you who don't have a business. Uh, it's called Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. And it's all about the power of negotiation and the pinnacle of the story. The most important thing that he shares in it, and those are pretty much his words about it, is in negotiations, the person who wins is a person who has nothing to lose, <laughs> who has really nothing to gain um, on it either. And so if, if you want to be in a great position to negotiate on your business's behalf, then be in a position where you don't need the investors as one of the best positions you can be in. Because now they have to give more to get involved. Um, so you starting a business at this time. I just want to just want to give you that nugget in case you don't already have it. Um, you know, you stay in that position where you have control over what happens and what comes along. It puts the supply and demand in your favor as that business owner, and uh, you'll be able to do what you want with your vision. Yeah, thank you for that. Absolutely. Now it's your turn. Um, so for those visionaries listening in. If this were the last <clears throat> last lesson you could ever share in life to help people with their visions, what powerful lesson can other visionaries learn from your experience so far? Oh, I have plenty. Um, but if I had to say one, I would think follow your, and I actually heard this from, funny you mentioned Mark Cuban, I've heard this, I think he said something like this way back, follow your efforts, not your passions which sounds very strange, uh, kind of, especially in the context of what I've talked about so far, but just to add, you know, some clarity to that, I think following your efforts is very important because it tends to actually reveal what you're passionate about. So there's a really, really defined intersection of that, whether it's a restaurant business, whether it's painting, whether it's freelancing, whether it's so running a finance blog, whether it's whatever, even if it's just having working, in a, from a nine, a, a nine to five job uh, somewhere in Silicon Valley, anywhere. If you can really focus on and track your effort historically, the consistency thereof in different areas where you've been really consistent and 
really enjoy doing certain things, then that kind of is your passion. If you can meld that and marry those two into a job or kind of make a job for yourself and really go on the entrepreneurial, uh, entrepreneurial path, I mean, that is excellent. So I really, really think like self-awareness critical. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is always consider where you can add value. I think there's a lot of people that, especially I'll call out my generation a little bit, uh, and other, maybe some others, but every, a lot of people want to be the biggest, the baddest, the best, right? And you should always want to be the best. I, in my opinion, you should always try to do your best, not anyone else's best, but do your best. And I, I say that because like one of the things that I really enjoy uh, outside of business and school is basketball, really into basketball. And so every so often I'll go watch basketball games and it's actually minor league basketball games. So Keep I can't going. actually afford to, to see the San Antonio Spurs uh, because yeah. of their draft pick uh, they got recently. Yeah, so it's yeah, really, really hard, as you know, to get tickets for that. Um, so what I'll do is go watch. Yeah. Oh, his last. Yeah. He broke the scoring record. It's amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. We're, we're, I'm on the same page. Yeah. So, so I can't afford to go to Spurs games. So I'll go to, uh, minor league games uh in austin so their minor league team versus their nba team or their major league team yeah. and then i actually had the opportunity to just kind of be in the same room as one of their coaches uh one of their assistant coaches and he was just kind of giving a talk to the fans just getting everyone you know excited and stuff like that and he said something to the extent of like it doesn't really matter like someone was like, how did these players from the minor league get to the major league? How do they make that that huge step? And I was like, that's a great question. He said something to the extent of it's not really important if they can drop 40 points a game, 20 rebounds, 30 blocks, like these crazy superstar statistics. It's really because you already have people who can do that. Always try to be your best. And some people are anomalies and are just really, really good at what they do. But like the LeBron James, uh, obviously the greatest basketball player probably right now. Um, but those are very one off scenarios. So you're better off focusing and concentrating your time and effort on where you can add value. And he really alluded to that. It's not about being the best player on the team. It's about because they already have that. It's already it's, it's really, really important to focus on what can you bring to the table? What can you bring to a team that doesn't have it already? Are you really good at communicating? Are you really good at writing? Are you really good at marketing? Like find your niche and crush that niche. Like those are, I know that's not necessarily one piece of advice, but it's, it's I think those are very important and something that I have been reinforced in my head time and time again. So well said. And <clears throat> I want to honor LeBron James on this reality as uh, those who are listening <laughs> and are not watching uh, in that I would, I would say that Combining it with honoring Mark Cuban, following your efforts. LeBron James is a champion that he is because he is also the champion of efforts um, and, and all that I've ever seen him do. And I study that man's life far more than I should ever admit. Um, he, he is just a champion in so many causes. And so then there's this, um, <clears throat> the idea, and then I think of Brock Purdy. That's his name, right? The, the I'm like, they get the right name. The quarterback for the 49ers right now. I um, believe so. Yeah. He's, I mean, he was a D League style individual coming in. And again, it's those efforts that play a lot into it. Don't get me wrong, there's talents and gifts and variables that uh, go beyond what it is we're doing. 
but I was, I was that young kid, Michael, that, uh, I knew I needed to be the best. That's what I knew I needed to be. And I ended up in seventh grade, second chair trumpet in the state of Texas and mentally, emotionally, I quit. I quit because I wasn't the best at my level. And that meant there was eighth graders who were better than me. There was ninth graders. I mean, I, I did not feel like I had a place in this world because I wasn't the best. I had this horribly extreme attitude about, about growth and what growth looks like. It wasn't until I was about 30 years old with a, a back surgery already. I was also a super athlete again, second in my school. Um, according to, I felt I was first, but didn't matter. Like yeah. the mental block was already crushing me. And so here was 30 running around a track last lap. And I, I thought, you know, I could, I could slow down now. And I had this thought, what would LeBron James do? Um, you know, hmm. WWLJD. Um, <laughs> and, and anyway, um, I, I booked it, I booked it and I went 20 yards extra. And I was like, Hmm, this moment, this is a moment that what, what it feels like to have that type of dedication and commitment like LeBron James. Um, and he has built a life around being willing to have those moments over and over and over and over and over as consistently as possible. And if I start doing that, then I can start to have the same types of results in my life in the sphere of what I build. So just to, again, honor the fact that I, I do believe full heartedly in what it is that you're talking about. I hope more people understand the value, but I love that you shifted to realizing too. And you realize it's so much younger than I did and many others still don't know it. If we be our best self, like that's it. Like that's it. Just go to bed at night knowing I did my best. That also includes forgiving myself as best I can, right? Being the best at forgiveness so that tomorrow I'm not bogged down by guilt and shame for any shortcomings that I have. I can move forward being my best again. So <clears throat> we've got uh, we got a few extra minutes. I'd love to know a little bit more about any one of your activities. What's well, macro hint? Texas Student Media or the Student Foundation. Are there any any aspects of that that you'd like to share in relation to the podcast and, and your vision? Well, I'll actually plug one that uh, I didn't previously uh, mention to you. Uh, it's kind of a, a shout out to some of my uh, friends who I believe are actually watching right now. Um, tech, it's the, the tour guide group that I'm a part of. So it's just a, a job at the university where you just offer tours uh, to prospective students and their families and their friends and things like that. It seems kind of random to bring that up, but I think it is a really, really good idea. And it's one of the main reasons I took such a job is because you want to, there's all this talk about artificial intelligence, uh, you know, a lot of maybe dehumanizing in that context, uh, things happening in the world, yeah. um, a lot of separation in that respect. But I still think that it is really, really critical. And because of our, the, all the artificial intelligence things out there, that it's even more important to really, really sharpen, hone in on your personal skills, your people skills, getting up and presenting in front of people. Um, you know, that's that's been one of the biggest things that I've really enjoyed about my job. And I think that whether it's in the context of a job or a volunteer organization or uh, whatever it may at a dinner party, whatever that may look like, I think finding ways that you can make yourself uh, slightly uncomfortable towards becoming more confident in you know being a little not to the extreme, obviously, or to any extreme, but to be a lot more, just get out of your comfort zone a little bit. 
you, you never know what you're going to figure out. And I think it, it has served me really, really well. So I have all these kind of prestigious organizations at the university and then my business, which is amazing. I'm really, really grateful for that. But I also think you just you will find a lot of opportunities and maybe not so common places. So I would really urge people, whether they're like entrepreneurship, that is not for me or people are like, I want to be an entrepreneur. That's all I want to be like finding ways that you can sharpen those. I guess they call it soft skills. I don't see it as that way at all. I think they're critical skills, um, sharpen those skills, hone in on those skills and get out of your comfort zone a little bit. I, I urge anyone on that spectrum to, to do that, uh, whatever that may look like for them. And I'm sure you could attest to that too. I will. I appreciate it. It's, it's a well, way to honor your friends on this too, but the tour yeah. aspect is huge. And, and again, the EQ emotional intelligence yeah. of, of knowing how to, how to collaborate with people, how to talk to people, how to lead this future generation. That's going to be, <clears throat> that's using automatic weapons of word. Um, you know, for establishing their, their powers. Um, you, you got me looking up like, man, that I know that quote, the pen is mightier than the sword. I'm a, I'm a mm -hmm. big believer in it. I couldn't find who the origin comes from, but I did find a couple of interesting twists, right? So, and this is what it does say. One, one source says this uh, Edward guy, Edward Bulwer Lytton um, said the pen is mightier than the sword. Um, <clears throat> thought it was interesting what Douglas MacArthur said. I went, I went to MacArthur High School actually. Um, he said, whoever said the pen is mired in the sword, obviously never encountered weapons before um, mm -hmm. or, or automatic weapons. But again, while that's scary and makes sense in the time from which it was what she was talking, we now have automatic weapons of words. And I also like what this guy said here. The pen is mired in the sword, but the tongue is mightier than both put together. Marcus Garvey. Um, and at the end of the day, what's what's really being talked about? And what I think our generation has has the opportunity to be aware of and lead from is realizing that automation it, with the wrong wording can destroy your reputation and others faster than almost anything. Um, yes. And so I was looking up yesterday. I've got a new executive assistant. She's phenomenal. Amazing. She's going to be helping me on my emails transparently, writing occasionally with her name on there. And sometimes as she gets to know me really well, she'll write my responses um, just like the president has somebody right for him or LeBron James has somebody right from him and beyond. Right. Um, you know, this is not uh, something that, that we as little people in the world can't do. In addition to that, though, I was looking for an AI that not only could draft the emails, but an AI that automatically drafts a response to every single email that I receive. And I haven't found that yet. I'm looking for that one. Right. I don't want it to automatically reply to everybody. It will lose the nuance. Maybe over time I can train it to understand my principles and my identity enough to where I can let it bridge the gap and foster and cultivate great relationships with the people whom I want to meet. But what I see happening all over the market is marketers are leveraging this to shove offers down people's throats and to unnaturally try to progress a relationship to a point where two people toxically come together based on statistics or based on some fallacy of, of results that they think is guaranteed when in reality, I don't, I don't think we usually get very good results without the nuanced of, of our humanity and our relationships involved in that. Um, so take that for what it is. We would love your comments. If you have different ideas on AI, you have a different perspective, feel free to share it. This is the, the idea of 
of negotiations and the idea of debate and dialogue. It doesn't have to be as unhealthy as the political debates that we see, um, you know, as our, as our modern examples. We don't have to be toxic, but we can learn from each other. And when you come in and, and learn from somebody else's alternative paradigm that's the opposite of yours, that's one of the greatest strengths of leadership that I'm still working on developing. Just so happens that Michael and I happen to, to be on the same point on almost everything we discussed today. Um, so Michael, it was an absolute honor to have you on the show. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, I, I got I got in touch with you through LinkedIn. My automation did. Um, and I took over <laughs> from there um, and, and we caught up. But <clears throat> where, where do you want people to reach out to you? Yeah, so people can absolutely reach out to me on LinkedIn if they want. Um, they can also... Uh, reach out to me at our uh, company website or our company email, uh, macrohead at protonmail.com. And then uh, we also have a Twitter account, macrohead, uh, M-A-C-R-O-H-I-N-T. And uh, yeah, those are the main ways you can reach out to me pretty uh, pretty directly. Awesome. We'll have these this information on the show notes in the landing page. For those of you who are listening later, you can go and check that out too. Uh, get in contact with Michael, and if you have a vision to share, then absolutely consider applying, becoming a guest on uh, on Vision Pros Live, and let's get your vision out to the world. Everybody have a fantastic weekend, and we'll see you on the next show. Bye. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention. Have an excellent